I suppose it must have been a year or more later that Richard managed to get himself caught up as one of the hostages in a terrorist siege. I don't know all the details myself, because it was all under the supervision of Special Branch, and information was distributed on a need-to-know basis, which seemed to mean that no one was allowed to know anything. And what little I do know is probably still supposed to be kept under wraps. The important thing, from the point of view of Bernie's story, is that he was out of circulation for five days, with pretty well no news coming through about what might have happened to him. At that point, I had no idea how close Bernie and Richard had become, until she rang that Monday, wanting to ask Angie if, by any chance, Richard might be away on police business with me, and did she know when he might be likely to get back. Angie handed her over to me, and I tried to explain without giving away any official secrets, which was pretty difficult. In the end, I told her about the hostage situation, just the bare fact that Richard was being held, and swore her to utmost secrecy. After that, there was nothing much any of us could do except wait. Eddie was extremely scathing when he realised that I hadn't been aware of the arrangement that Bernie and Richard had, whereby she entertained him to dinner, only she would insist on calling it tea, on Mondays and Thursdays, and she would go round to his place on Tuesdays and Fridays. I had noticed how Eddie never went round to Bernie's for help with his homework on Tuesday or Friday, and how Richard always tried to get away from work on time on those days too, and yet I never put two and two together. Angie, of course, knew a whole lot more about what was going on than I did but I think Eddie probably had a better grasp of the situation even than she did. He'd been round there on lots of Mondays and Thursdays, getting help with knotty problems in maths and physics, and he'd seen them together, which neither of us had. Angie invited Bernie to come round to our place on Tuesday evening, but she turned the offer down, and made it pretty clear that she intended to see this thing through on her own. Angie debated with me whether she ought to go round to check that Bernie was okay, but she wasn't sure whether she might just make her more reluctant to accept help later if the worst were to happen. In the end, Eddie took charge. He declared that he had some chemistry homework that was completely impossible, and he would have to get Bernie's help that very evening, because it was due in the next day. Without another word, he was off out of the house and round to her place. I was very proud of him in those five days. You don't expect sensitivity from a fourteen-year-old boy, but he showed a remarkable level of understanding of how Bernie must have been feeling. All his teachers must have decided to set particularly challenging homework that week, judging by the length of time he spent going through it with Bernie each evening. The first night, 
Angie went round to fetch him back after a couple of hours, worried that he might be overstaying his welcome. But she came back convinced that he was doing her good. In the early hours of Friday morning, it was all over. I don't know the details, and couldn't tell them to you if I did, but the news came through that the siege was lifted, and all the hostages had been freed safe and sound. Richard reappeared in the office around ten-thirty, looking tired and harassed, but otherwise unscathed. My first thought was for Bernie. I accosted Richard as soon as I could get him in the privacy of his own office, and asked him if he'd been in touch with her yet. I could hardly believe it when he looked back at me, as if I had gone off my head. I honestly believe that it had never occurred to him that she might have been worried about him.